Podcast from Fort Worth Presbyterian. The following message was recorded live from our sanctuary. Our prayer is that this message would nurture a joy for loving God and loving people in you as you listen. See my bleeding Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you, Lord, that. You long to make Yourself known to us. That You long to draw near to us. You long to establish us in Your grace. You long to make us like Yourself. You long to, to make us be of maximum benefit to one another. And You long to make us manifest the very love and glory of Christ to one another, and especially within the home. Lord, we thank You for even establishing the whole idea rooted in Your very being of of motherhood and fatherhood. We are amazed, Lord, that we stand in relation to a God who is Trinity. There has always been fellowship in God. That God is love is true from eternity. That there is a Father because there is a Son. There is a Son because there is a Father. Lord, we, we can't fathom that. We can't understand it. And yet, Lord Jesus spoke of the love that You had for Him before the world began. And we participate in that. Our love to one another and our love within the family, the very existence of the family, Lord, is is rooted in, in God Himself. So we we praise You. We ask that You would bring Your Word to bear in the lives of all of us here, and especially our, our mothers, that they may be encouraged in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> We had some uh, printing problems this morning. I was going to run off some uh, passages for you to uh, have in hand, but I will uh, refer those to you. That's why if you look in the bulletin and it says uh, reading of the word scripture insert, uh, you don't have that scripture insert. So this is what they say at uh, Covenant Seminary if you uh, are a preacher to always preach expositionally uh, and Every once in a while you can preach topically and then afterwards repent of it. Um, So I guess I'll be repenting of this um, because I'm preaching topically this morning on this idea of your growing in the grace of Christ in your mothering. Uh, Children, I want to just speak to you a minute to just underscore for you because... uh, of the importance of mothering to a mother. Um, You kids, just like me as a kid, we don't take so seriously what our mothers and dads do. And 
underscore especially mothers because uh, a mother bears you for nine months and then she nurses you and she cares for you in such an intimate way over uh, the years that it's, it's hard to even describe the attachment that she has to you, the devotion she has for you, how her life is completely bound up with you and how everything that you do, you know, is important to your mother. How she can never get you off her mind. She can never stop thinking about you hardly uh, because you're so intimate and critical and important to her. And I just want to begin with this little reminder to you of the importance, the vital importance of you obeying your mom and your dad. We talked about this at communicants class recently of uh, these kids are anywhere from, say, seven to 10 or 11 years old. And we talked about what would you do if a three year old child was running out into the street? And uh, they all, of course, said, oh, I would stop him. I'd stop him from running out in the street. Why would you do that? Well, because it's dangerous. They could get killed. Yeah, but what if they said No. They said they're going to run out in the street anyway. Would you still stop them? Yes. What if they were screaming? Would you stop them? Yes. What if they said, I hate you? Would you stop them? Yes. You know, all of this. And then we, we talked about this. Why would you know? Why would you say this to this child? What does this child not understand? They all knew. This child doesn't understand how dangerous it is. This child doesn't know. Would you be loving this child even though the child doesn't understand? Yes, this would be a loving thing to this child. Just think how much more your moms and dads know than you do. You know, that you and I are like that as children, even as 12-year-olds, even as 16-year-olds. <laughs> that our parents are there for a good reason. That they are to us like any of us would be to a three-year-old that wants to reach up and touch a hot stove or to run out in the street. And God has given them uh, to us. But I'm appealing to you not only for the wisdom and the self-preservation of giving yourself to your mother's will. But I'm just saying this to you. Your mother loves you. She gives her life for you. And I'm just urging you always to speak to her with honor, to speak to her with affection, to be tender toward her, to give yourself so freely to your moms in obedience. That's the way that you would love them. That's the way that you would honor them. Uh, Because there is nobody on earth that has been given to you like your mom that is devoted to you in that way. And of course, your dad is right there beside her. But we're focusing on the, the mother in that regard. So, ladies, as I talk to the mothers, I don't want to leave out, number one, any woman, because so much of what we're going to say has to do with the particular sensitivities and tenderness and affection that a woman has. And so, I want to embrace, as many theologians have talked about, the the general uh, feminine particular glory of God that you have that is not just the... Uh, property of mothers, but it's just the property of women. We all know when we're uh, uh, sick and when we're down, uh, 
there's just nothing like either a mother or a sister or a wife to take care of you, you know. And if it's a man that's taking care of you, you're kind of like, okay, you know. But there's just this amazing tenderness, this unique care and comfort, encouragement that comes from a woman. So I'm speaking to you in general as women because you are just formed in such a special way as nurturers. Not just nurturers of children, but just nurturers of humanity. We'd die without you. We would, we would be ruined without you. you know. It is not good for man to be alone you know, from the beginning. And so, please don't hear it just as a word to mothers. And then, even further than that, as we speak of central issues like the image of God and, and these graces of Christ that are, that are brought to bear in a mother situation, I hope that you'll be asking yourself, What about my situation? Am I connecting all of this grace of Christ with my particular responsibilities and my particular calling? So, I just don't want anybody checking out right now. Oh boy, a Mother's Day sermon, you know, and you're out thinking about something else. But this is, uh, it is particularly addressed to, to the mothers, but it's, of course, for the whole body of Christ. The first thing I just want to mention, and, and, You might say that this is a connecting of the dots sermon. Things that you know are true about theology, true in the scriptures, but maybe you haven't connected them to motherhood like you need to. And that would benefit you and and enrich your life. And the first is this, that you are, you bear in a special way, the image of God in your mothering. You bear the image of God in your mothering. There's a danger in our talk, and we we always want to defend uh, the character of New Testament revelation against uh, feminism and paganism and the the rise of the goddess, etc. But and this is good and excellent, and we we hold to the particular words that are used in Scripture as God is addressed as Father and He. But the danger in that is that we begin to think of him as a male, much as we would think of, you know, that there's a a man in heaven, rather than God is in heaven. And we lose sight sometimes of the fact that every single particular characteristic, those particular beauties and sensitivities and tenderness and love and affection of a woman are found in God. And they come from no other place than God himself. No less than any of the particular characteristics that would mark manhood. Either way, whether we're talking about manhood or or the masculinity or femininity, every aspect of human character and glory is a reflection in some way of the glory of God Himself. And so it is so important for you in the dignity of your role as a mother to consciously realize I am imaging God to my children. I am in my particular feminine ways, in my particular affection and compassion, the particular responsiveness of a woman that you are giving a particular Uh, view and glory of God himself. 
And in some ways you see a unique and beautiful picture of the glory of God. That in those ways is not shown in the same way in a man's particular capacities. And I think that's a beautiful and wonderful thing. I think because it says in Genesis 1, he made them male and female. He made them in the image of God. Man, male and female. They are in the image of God. Her no less than he, obviously. And so, in a very reverent way, you see, we can speak of the mothering part of God. The things that make you mothers reflect his character. And they're part of the image of God, a mirror of his beauty. There's not, you see, in paganism, there may be a male God and a female God, or there's a male God and earth is the female. But in Christianity, we all find our image, that we are image of God. And we find the root of our life in him. And so, every, and here too, Every aspect of your work, even in its most mundane ways, you need to see as a reflection of the glory of God. When we've talked at men's breakfast before about work, and this would apply to anyone's work, of course, and we've talked about how everything that we do is a reflection of God. And the very fact that we work, in fact, uh, Genesis 1, it seems to point to our dominion and our work as maybe the chief aspect of bearing his image. Because it talks about how God made everything and then it ends by saying, and then he made man in his image, you know, as a maker, as a ruler. And then he gives him rule over all these things. And then man begins to name things as God did in the first chapter. And so work is high, exalted in those first couple of chapters as a reflection of the glory of God. So, as we've said before, God is the God who plans and creates, who builds. He has an eye for shape and symmetry and detail and harmony. He organizes and structures massive and intricate ecosystems. He integrates these systems. He maintains these systems. He, of course, uh, planned and built the human body's interlocking systems that are so complex. And But he's not only an engineer and builder, he's a repairman, you know, in all of his creation. How many things there are that fix other things. Uh, a bewildering whir of repairs being carried out all the time. And, and he is a janitor even with this elaborate cleanup system and waste disposal system in his creation. Well, to for us then, figuring out problems is a godlike thing to do. Studying ways to accomplishing your work is more like is, is being like God. Even writing a report is a holy thing. Fixing a good meal, cleaning a bathtub, putting in a row of azaleas, studying history, repairing a water main, a microscope, or a jet. Everything we do is in imitation of the God who communicates, who creates, who makes, who maintains, who repairs, who cleans. All the more when you are directly involved in the parenting work of the one who you call Father. You see my point? Every aspect, even the... The worst, smelliest parts of that job 
that you consciously realize I am manifesting the glory of God at this moment as I reflect the God who is Father. And now I, in His image, am mothering my child. How glorious that is. There's nothing more glorious. I'm not putting work or parenting in it. I'm just saying they're just glorious. You know, Just shoot the moon on any one of them. We're not trying to rank things. We're just saying life is glorious and we manifest him. And so in that sense, you know, uh, the very well-known statement by Eric Little of feeling his pleasure, that you should have in a tremendous way a sense of his pleasure as you manifest the glory of God right there where you are. And so... 1 Corinthians 10.31 And whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. But I'm saying all the more have this sense. I am bearing His image. I am His image. And then, to take that a little bit further, you then are the manifestation of God to your child. What a privilege that is. What a privilege that you are making known to your child in more ways than you can imagine, the very character and life of God. That's who you are as a human being. That's what you're made for. That's what God has constructed you for, to be one of those first-level communicators and, and reflectors of the very glory of God into the life of your child. What a hallowed position. What an exalted position. Just think, He's picked you. (laughs) Out of all the human beings in the world, He's picked you for that child. To say, you are going to manifest me to this child. You can't breathe, really, (laughs) if you think about it. The glory of being God's image to your children. And may I say this, too, as we'll come back to this again and again. He will give you grace. He, he, will, he will give you grace. Do you not believe that He wants to manifest Himself to your children? That He wants to make known His glory to your children through you? Certainly, He will enable you to do this as you trust Him. Now, taking this idea of the glory of God, I'd like to move more from a kind of creation idea of manifesting the glory of God to redemption or how God has saved us in order that we might bring the glory of God to bear uh, upon our children. So, and, and here gets more to the heart of what the topic says, to grow in the grace of Christ in your mothering. And here again, I just want to connect some dots here. We've connected the dot in this kind of general creational way that you are the image of God to your child. But using that as kind of the bridge to walk into the whole area of the grace of Christ, you also are manifesting Christ in a particular way to your child. That is, God has saved us, as I mentioned in my prayer, by nature we were darkness. And as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, not just influenced by the darkness, But we actually were darkness. But now we are sons of light and we're manifesting the light. And that is true to our children as well. 
I, I would I'd love for you to think of 2 Corinthians 3.18 where it says in that passage that we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So you as a mother, you as a woman are being transformed into the very same image of Christ. And as we've said before, the very word glory is used there. And now think about it. You have been established by God to be in the presence of your child the very temple of God shining forth the unique glory of Jesus Christ to your child. You see, this kind of attaches to that general idea that you are in the image of God to now you are being renewed into the image of God. Even in your fallenness, even in your brokenness, the fragmentation of the image of God in us, that we are not whole by nature, but He is now making us whole through Jesus Christ. He is restoring us to the image of God through Jesus Christ. To such an extent that both in Ephesians 4 and Colossians chapter 3, Paul can speak in terms of the new self that, that he has created us to be in Christ Jesus. That we have been recreated in Christ. And he says, after the image of him who created us. So, even as we deal with, but I'm so broken, I'm, I'm, I'm lost, I'm, I'm not everything that I should be as a human being. In many ways, I don't reflect God. But here, redemption comes and embraces you, you see. And, and redemption, and the Lord Jesus comes and says, but I've made you anew after the image of God. Nothing less than the image of God. The very glory of Jesus Christ. So that in particular ways, you will manifest the very love and glory of Jesus Christ in the home. That you can bring Christ to them. Not only with your words, that is, content of your words, that is, the message of the Bible, the teaching of Scripture. But by the very way you speak to them, by the very way you touch them, by the very way you embrace them and whisper to them and sing to them and hold them and run after them when they're hurt and nurture and comfort them. That you can be conscious in those times of, oh Lord, work in me and use me to manifest the very love of Jesus Christ to my children. Isn't it that glorious? It's like all that could go wrong or all that's broken in my bearing the image of God, I can helplessly give myself up to the one who says, hey, I'm renewing you after the image of God. I'm making you a daughter of light, you who were darkness. And I'm conforming you from glory to glory to the very image of my Son so that the light and beauty of Jesus can shine from your life to hers, to His. So, when you 
Think of a passage like Galatians 2.20. Think of it in terms of motherhood. There's no longer I. Now you could say, it is no longer this mother who lives, but Christ who lives in this mother. And the life that I live as a mother in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. It is His life bearing fruit in you. It's His Spirit manifesting Christ's life in you. So, we manifest the life of Christ in the home. We manifest the glory of Christ in the home. And in this way, you see Colossians 3.17, which we close with, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And so you can think of the whole of your day, you know, as, as Christ breaking out upon your children by His grace. But it's not only the, the place where you manifest Christ, but it is, the very, it is the very place by which you're conformed to Christ. Now, that, of course, maybe goes without saying we've already talked about the fact that you're being transformed. But I'm talking about something a little bit different here. That is that, well, it's the idea of 1 Corinthians 7 when Paul is addressing those who have become Christians. They may be slaves, they may be married or unmarried. And they begin to think, well, you know, with my new situation in Christ, I just need to break out and change my situation so I can really give myself to God's will. And in that context, he speaks of the calling that you have. Verse 17, let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. It even says to slaves, were you a slave when called, then don't be concerned about it. If you can gain your freedom, fine. But don't think for a moment, well, until I gain my freedom, I really can't break out and be a Christian. I really can't conform to Jesus. I can't really serve him all the ways that I want to serve him. I'm just, I'm just tied down here. He says, no, not at all. You can soar in any situation, conforming your life to Christ and devoting yourself, and becoming more and more like him and glorifying him, no matter your situation. But here's the point, that the calling that you have is the very situation in which He plans to make you like Christ. So, motherhood is the fabric. It's the crucible. Now, it's not the only one that you have. Your marriage is, or if there's work outside the home, all of those things. But I'm, I, I'm just saying, don't lose track of the fact that your mothering is the very means by which you conform your ways to Jesus. The very means by which you learn to trust Him in difficult situations. The very means by which you learn to rejoice in all things. To give thanks in all things. To trust Him when things seem to be out of control. When, and relationships are so hard. That's why men run from relationships. We love numbers and organization. We love knowing exactly the way things are going to be. We can't stand the unknown of a relationship and trying to figure out what this person is thinking and how I have to adjust myself and 
Who knows what's going to happen and how I might be rejected or what? Men just running scared all the time. So we're gruff and we're short and we're, you know, uh, closed down so much of the time. But it's not because we've got it together. It's because we're fractured little boys. You know, that's our problem. So here in the relationship with your children, uh, glorious opportunity by which you conform your ways to Jesus Christ. And here is where that passage in Ephesians comes in and then uh, or Colossians 3 and here a similar passage in Ephesians 4 where he speaks of putting away bitterness and wrath and anger, being kind to one another, tender hearted. And then he says, as imitators of God, as beloved children, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. To think of that in terms of your children or to think in terms of your children with Philippians 2. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So that you're consciously imaging the sacrifice of Christ, even as you're loving your own children. And you're seeing that this is the very place where I will become holy. It's the very place where I will be made more and more into the image of Christ. This is God's calling for me in the very way that I will progress in the Christian life. But attached to that, I would say it's not only where you manifest Christ, not only where you conform your ways to Christ, but it's where you meet and know Christ. It's where you know Christ. It's where you experience His grace where you experience His comfort and His encouragement. It's where Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, the love of Christ controls us because we've concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. He died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who for their sake died and was raised. So, you're... Your parenting is in the first place. And this is true of fathers, mothers. It's true of our marriage as well. Our parenting in every endeavor is in the first place a quest for Jesus Christ. And have you thought of that? Not just making sure my child is obedient, making sure my child is protected and fed and all of these things. That, that, that my life really constitutes all these things that I do to make life the best I can for my child. No, my mothering is in the first place seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, might I know you today in all that I do. Might I taste your goodness. Might I know your presence. Might I, Lord, know your joy as I give myself to my children. Will you draw near to me and make yourself known to me, Lord Jesus? If I don't have you today, Lord, I have no purpose in life. Now, that's hard for, that's really hard for a mother to say. But you see, that gives this 
central heartbeat to everything that you do. It also enables you to take heartbreak or things that don't turn out exactly right during the day or for sometimes weeks and months later with older children, whatever, that in it all still, the first thing that you're seeking, I'm seeking Jesus Christ. He's bought me that I would no longer live for myself. I'm not ultimately living even for my children, my husband, my wife, any other person. I'm living for Jesus Christ. Now that paradoxically frees you to give yourself more in love than you ever could otherwise to your children. The best mother, the most devoted mother, the one who lays herself out so beautifully and yet in the right ways with wisdom and firmness and righteousness to her children, to bless them in every way, is the woman who in the first place says, Lord Jesus, it's you that I want today. It's you that I want to know It's you that I want to manifest. It's you that I want to taste in the midst of what I do. So, you can say with Paul, for me as a mother, to live is Christ. For me as a mother, to live is Christ. And if if to live is Christ, then happy will be your children. Happy will be the love that you Give to your children, if that is the case. And I won't quote you more verses, but you can look on your own. Paul's statements in Philippians 3 of counting everything for the sake of Christ. and Keep those in your head. Finally, you're there to manifest Christ. It's the means by which you conform to Christ. It's the very means by which you meet and taste Christ and know Him more and more. You make Him your quest in the midst of it. And then, of course, it's the place where you depend upon Christ. And I think of many passages, 1 John 15. Think of this in terms of motherhood. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he or she, it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's a sweet thing to go into every day and say, Oh Lord, I will do my children no good today apart from you. Not one bit of good, truly, can I do to them apart from Your grace. But, oh Lord, as I abide in You and depend, in you and depend upon You, by Your grace I could bear much fruit. Well, that's a happy situation to be in. That's a, that's a way to, as we read earlier in Colossians 3, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. The peace of Christ rule your hearts. And remember what Paul said. My grace, when, when he was seeking God to remove a weakness of his, the Lord said to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Do you ever feel weak as a mother? Do you ever feel inadequate? Do you ever feel like just giving up? Do you ever feel like, I'm not a friend of my children. I was an enemy to my children today. 
Oh, how glorious to hear this word. Oh, my grace is sufficient for you. Yes, that particular weakness. Yes, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. The Lord draws near to you. He draws near to the broken and the contrite in heart. I dwell in a high and uh, lifted place, but I dwell also with the broken and the contrite heart. Oh, there will be a sanctuary, a manifestation of the glory of God for the humble mother saying, Oh, Lord God, I am weak, but you are strong. I'm insufficient and I'm inadequate. Oh, Lord, lay hold of my life and use me in the life of my children. And so, as Paul says, don't be anxious for for anything, but in prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You, ladies, are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. God has put in your child's life the workmanship of God. The workmanship of God. And I leave you with this benediction that Paul pronounces in Thessalonians. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good word and work. Let us pray. How we pray, Lord, for our mothers. We celebrate, Lord, the image of God that they make known to us, that we all have tasted in some way or another. The glory of God that shines forth, even in mothers that don't know your name, Because we are made in your image and that image is not fully broken. We praise you, Lord, for your glory that remains in this world. In that way, billions of children being cared for every day. And that is because there is a God who is love. Lord, more particularly, we thank you for the women of this congregation. We thank you that they are being restored into your image, that they are your workmanship, that you plan to use them to manifest the glory of Jesus Christ to their own children. A task that is just crippling in its immensity and it, it, is, it is daunting. And yet, it's what you've called them to. It's what you've prepared them for. It's what you are doing in their life. Oh, Lord, use their daily lives to create more and more joy in Christ Jesus. But they will have their hearts guarded by your peace. That they will meet you and that they will seek you and you will be the quest of their heart. That they will manifest in more and more ways uh, the particular patience and kindness and goodness and righteousness of Jesus Christ to their children. We praise You for it. Bear them up in their weakness. Comfort them in their failures. Give them hope. Grant them faith and strength. And oh Lord, bless our children through our moms. We pray that You would restore those 
who in many different ways have been broken. Even some alienated in various ways, either from their own moms or from their own children. Oh Lord, for failures, maybe in a distant past that can't be helped anymore, we thank You that You work all things together for good. And that not only do You forgive us and transform us in the present, but You, Lord, take every aspect of our life, however broken it may have been, and You bind it up, and You use it for Your good, and You take account of it all, and Lord, there's, no, there's nothing left that will do harm. There is only that which You will bind up and use for good that fits into Your purpose. You predate even our lives. Oh Lord, we thank You that You are sovereign over every aspect of it and that we can, we can hide ourselves in You and we can trust You with every aspect of our life. Give us grace to do so. And if anybody be here that does not trust in Jesus Christ, O oh Lord, even now, call them to the only one who has died, bearing the punishment of sin for sinners. But trust in Him, maybe for the first time this morning, to forgive you, that they will be forgiven of their sins and accepted before God. Plant in them the love of Jesus Christ. Let them see the glory of His name. That they may embrace Him and then serve Him and manifest Him in their lives. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this weekly podcast from Fort Worth Presbyterian. Our prayer is that this message was able to nurture a joy for loving God and loving people in you. Please visit our website for worship service times, directions to the church, and to subscribe to this podcast. Our web address is fortworthpca.org. Fort Worth Presbyterian is a part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Shall my soul with rapture trace